Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. and Alternative Parties Books Publisher sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Today, friends, we have another exciting guest on the podcast. His name is Peter Sonsky. He is with the American Solidarity Party, and he's running for office. So welcome to the podcast, Peter. Thank you, Andrew. It's good to be with you. It's good to have you as well. So let us get started by first telling our audience what office you're running for. I'm running for President of the United States. That's the biggest office that you can get. So, Peter, if you could please give us an introduction to yourself, a brief biographical sketch. Thank you, Andrew. So I am a native of New England. Um, I am 61. I have nine adult children. I have been uh, throughout my professional career uh, predominantly in the field of communications, but also business administration. Um, I've held three different offices on a local level, and I've been affiliated with the American Solidarity Party since 2018. Earlier this year, 2023, the ASP began a primary to identify its own presidential candidate. And in June, I was elected among five uh, candidates who remained in the primary and received the nomination of the party. So I, along with my running mate, Lauren Onak, are the 2024 presidential ticket for the American Solidarity Party. Oh, cool. So what did your career experience, you say you were in business administration, how did that inform your politics? Well, I'm very much in favor, as is the American Solidarity Party, of small business, of community-oriented business. The ASP believes in a principle known as subsidiarity. It believes that local government or government closest to the actual people in which it serves should have the most amount of authority. We have an inversion of that model where there's a great amount of authority at the federal level in the United States, a smaller amount at the state level, and then an even smaller amount at the county or municipal level. But that's the area of government, that level, that lowest level of government that is closest to the people, has the most impact on the people, has the greatest understanding of the needs of the local community. And therefore, that's why I served in office in that capacity at that, at that lowest level, the level closest to the people. And I also believe that that's where business should be operated. Small business allows for individual entrepreneurs to grow and prosper. Unfortunately, we have many extremely large businesses that engulf many smaller businesses. And while shareholders and other very uh, high-level business executives ultimately profit in this, it's the the lower-level worker and often the consumer that don't profit. Okay. So kindly tell our audience what else is on your platform for your presidential campaign. Well, for those unfamiliar with the American Solidarity Party, I invite you to visit the website, solidarity-party.org, 
The ASP, as we refer to it, is a movement that is, it stems from the Christian democratic parties that are very common in both Europe as well as in Latin America. Okay. And it's this this manifestation, the American Solidarity Party, is the only example of it here in the United States. But it is a party that has very distinct principles and platform. I would not term it if we were thinking about the political spectrum that most people use. I would not term it as being either overly progressive or overly conservative. I would say that it is uh, pretty much a centrist party. It has some views that tend more toward the progressive way, principally on the fiscal side of things, more toward the conservative uh, end, more in the social policy uh, area. But it is a very centrist uh, party in its views. It begins with the premise that all human life has dignity, all human life deserves respect and protection. So we are strongly in favor of pro-life initiatives. Uh, we oppose abortion. We oppose euthanasia. We oppose capital punishment. We support measures that support human life, like providing affordable access to health care for all individuals. These are all component parts of uh, the platform. We're also in favor of proper stewardship of the environment. We're in favor of international solidarity and peace. Um, those are what I would call the key pillars of the party's platform, Andrew. Okay. Sounds good. So people who haven't heard about your organization, they would get familiar with it. I've listened to your podcast before. So are uh, you're personally familiar with it? I assume you would be since you're in the party, but sometimes different people have different functions. If you are, can you talk to what it does for our audience, what it's about? I'm sorry. Uh, the, the podcast that you're referring to is which one? It's your uh, American Solidarity podcast. Oh, okay. The, the Pelican Brief. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's yes. The one. Um, I, I'm not... Uh, I'm not affiliated with its production. The ASP does have a, a particular member uh, who has been responsible for uh, producing a, I'll call it a periodic podcast. It doesn't come out on regular intervals, but it interviews individuals who are members of the party or individuals who have views and positions that are complementary to ASP positions. Um, I I don't know that um, there are any recent uh, episodes that I can point to, but um, the Pelican Brief is the title of it, and there should be minimally an inventory of shows uh, from past times. Sure, yep. I remember listening to one. On top of my head, is it was interesting because there was a pro-life, secular group the the woman who interviewed who was the interviewee she was atheist yet she was 
in support of pro-life, and they interviewed her, and then I remember one episode they were talking about distributism. Sure. Andrew, I would say that, you know, with regard to pro-life, many people who are um, opposed to pro-life views like to argue that is mainly or or wholly on the uh, premise of religion that people hold these pro-life views. And as you've just shared, having listened to that episode, it's not true. Many people who uh, don't have any professed practice of religion at all, just by pure science, have um, understood that life begins at conception and that human life deserves protection. So um, it's a fallacy to suggest that it is only due to religious views that pro-life people hold to that position. Uh, Distributism is a term that was coined in the early 20th century by um, two famous English writers, Hilaire Belloc and uh, Gilbert Keith Chesterton, G.K. Chesterton. They both were writers who very strongly proposed that this this level of economy that I've been alluding to, this uh, this localism, um, they advocated for it. And distributism simply uh, was a a word, and it's it's sometimes misleading. But the premise is that people should own the tools of their production. In other words, they have some stake in their employment. They have some ownership of their employment. So it would be, I guess, in a modern age where someone who has a desk job might actually own the, the computer or the other, um, the other tools that he or she use in order to complete their job. The driver might own his vehicle. Um, it might be that the machinist owns the uh, the device in which he operates. And in doing so, this gives them some stake in their employment. They are not merely another means of raw material like other elements of production. Um, I alluded to this a little bit when I was referring to big business shortly ago. Um, employees often are just considered expendable and um, as though they have no other status than any other element of production. But as I shared with Mm -hmm. you, the premise, the whole foundation of the American Solidarity Party is that all people have worth, all people have dignity, and their labor, their contribution to society has worth and merit as well. So that's why, for example, the ASP is strongly supportive of labor unions and the rights of individuals to broker for the best benefits and compensation that they can secure. We we support them in those initiatives. Um, So distributism, in, in a simple sense, is meant to mean that everyone should have more of a stake in their own employment. Everyone should have an opportunity to have some measure of ownership, some measure of control in their own employment. Makes sense. Kylie's 
tell our audience what your running mate is like. Lauren, kindly tell our audience what Lauren is, what Lauren's history and the like. Lauren is a native of Florida. Okay. Uh, she is currently a resident of Massachusetts. She was um, educated. Her, her primary, secondary education was in Florida. Uh, she is a graduate of Columbia University, uh, an Ivy League school uh, in New York. And so she is uh, right now uh, a full-time mom. She oh. has three youngsters, including one that's a special needs youngster. And uh, she is a very focused person, especially with regard to the provisions of the American Solidarity Party. Lauren is only 35 years old. She's a millennial. So she's quite distinct in age for me, but our views are very much in common. And I, I truly admire Lauren's conviction because... There are a few people in your age category, Andrew, that really have taken a keen interest into politics and looking at alternatives in our American system. The duopoly, the, the Republican and Democratic parties are the mainstay parties, naturally. They call them the major parties. And too many voters, in my view, have accepted that those are the only alternatives, but as I know yeah. that you and your listeners uh, are aware, there are many viable alternatives. It's a common, <laughs> I, I like to joke with uh, people that the one thing it seems in this day and age that the Republicans and Democrats uh, agree upon is that they like to keep the third parties at arm's length. They like to keep the third parties from being competition. And um, so Lauren, uh, like you, is somebody who's very committed to uh, alternatives in our political system, and the ASP and its values are very important to her. Sounds good. So what is your campaign strategy? How are you reaching the voters? Well, ultimately, again, you'll appreciate this, and I know your listeners will, as a third-party candidate, the biggest hurdle that faces me is ballot access. Yep. My predecessor in 2020 was a candidate by the name of Brian Carroll. He was the nominee of the American Solidarity Party in 2020. He was able to secure ballot access in eight states and certified write-in status in 31 others. I would like very much to be able to double the status that he has, that he achieved for ballot access. But it's tough, Andrew. I yes. don't mean to complain, but I, I want to be candid. It's uphill. Every state is governed by either a Republican or Democrat as Secretary of State. And the Secretary of State obviously determines who will have ballot access, who will not. Now, there are prescribed requirements in each state. Some of the states are more lenient than others. In some states, you need merely a few hundred signatures in order to obtain ballot access. In some states, you need tens of thousands of signatures in order to gain ballot access. 
It's usually also required that these signatures be gathered within a precise window of time. That window of time commonly ends at the end of August, so that 60 days are allowed between the time of the filing and the, um, the beginning of November, so that there's 60 days time for the Secretary of State to certify those signatures and if they are certified to ensure that the candidates are added to the ballot. Uh, but the start times vary. The start times in some states um, have already begun, and in other states they don't begin until April or May. So uh, in some states the, the window of time is merely four months long. Uh, that sounds like that would be a lot to keep track of, to all the different states. It's a lot to keep track of because so many of these are conflicting in time. You need to be doing these uh, signature gathering exercises at the same time in different states. It's also a very precise process in each state. Um, there are certain forms in which have to be used and certain individuals um, are eligible and quite often it's required that you obtain signatures from various parts of a given state you might need to get so many from each congressional district or from each state senate district or whatever the requirements are. So I would offer that it's sometimes very demanding for volunteers with little experience in doing this and uh, often necessitates professional signature gatherers to ensure that it's done properly because you get but one opportunity. So. That's the challenge that I face. The best way to get myself in front of voters is ballot access, being an option for voters as they appear at the polls election day to cast their ballots. Okay. Um, absent that, I am going to try to secure write-in status, but as you can appreciate, that necessitates being able to communicate to voters I am not on the ballot, but you can still vote for me. You need to go to your polling place and write my name in. Make sure you spell it correctly, please, and in the proper place on the ballot, and your vote will be counted for me. That's, um, that's a bigger ask, as you can appreciate. Yes. So our preference is to secure ballot access. It'll give more visibility to the ticket. It'll give more visibility to the party. But... Um, as I stated at the outset, it's a tall order because both the Republicans and the Democrats have already long secured their ballot status. It's the third parties that have the work to do to make sure that they can get their candidates in front of voters. Sure. So what activities is your campaign doing to promote your message? Right now I'm doing traveling. I am attending events and uh, visiting with members and supporters uh, around the country. I am mm -hmm. uh, writing and publishing and using social media and other forms of outreach as a way to invite people to learn more about the ASP and about my candidacy. Sounds good. So do you and Lauren have a team supporting you or are you doing it all by yourselves? Um, we have a team. It's a small team. Uh, as you can appreciate, our ability to fundraise 
is not equal to some of the uh, the major party candidates' ability to fundraise. So we don't have the, the same means in which to be able to support uh, a campaign infrastructure like others do. Uh, so it does necessitate our time as individuals, but uh, I knew that going in. I knew that it was going to be a challenge, uh, and I knew that I'd be required to be spending my evenings taking on those types of tasks. I'm happy to do it because I think we are a viable option for voters. Yes. So when you're talking to the people in these meetings that you're going to, what are they saying to you? What do they want you to air in your campaigns and what issues are concerning them? I would think that they're no different than you might expect. Uh, many okay. people are concerned about the economy and many people are concerned about the environment. Many people are concerned about their own needs and the needs of their families. So um, where, the, where the rubber meets the road is quite often with uh, taxes and tax incentives and tax credits and also uh, access to health care, access to employment, access to affordable housing. Um, these are all matters that have come up and are of uh, primary concern to the people that I've been visiting with. Uh, that's not to say that there are niche interests as well, but those are common interests to virtually every audience. So specifically, since these are the issues, how does your campaign plan on changing the inflation situation and also the the job situation and all those issues that we talked about so how specifically are you going to fix those problems? Well, as you probably are aware, the the issue with inflation is coming under control. The, the Federal Reserve has been raising interest rates in an effort to moderate the, uh, the pace of inflation, and it's done so successfully. The problem, Andrew, is that once those inflated prices come up, they don't come back down. Everyone yeah, has unfortunately. to adjust. Everyone has to adjust. So even though those those uh, costs are not spiking as they were, uh, and and consumers are not feeling the uh, the new increases, for example, in the grocery store or at the gas pump, um, the fact remains that they are still high, and that the economy and and uh, wages um, have to catch up. In terms of what I said earlier about distributism, again, we can in, we can offer incentives to corporations that will allow for employees to have that that co-ownership or that ownership okay. of the elements of production that uh, give them that that better stake that that more confidence in their place of business. Okay, that sounds good. So, Peter, can you tell our audience how they can support your campaign? Well, the best way they could support the campaign would be uh, financially through a contribution. I'd be very grateful for that. PeterSonsky.com is the campaign website. That's P-E-T-E-R-S 
O N is in Nancy S K I dot com. You'll learn about me, uh my my biography is there. I shared a little bit with you. Uh a biography of Lauren Onak is there as well. All of the principles of the American Solidarity Party, links to its platform and links of course to our social media channels and to uh, our positions are all there. I'm very grateful for your interest, Andrew, and I'm very grateful to the interest of your listeners. There are legitimate alternatives, and we are not going to overcome the duopoly, the two-party system, until we can persuade more voters that their votes are not wasted if they are not casting them for either a Democratic or a Republican candidate. Those votes are valuable. If you identify with a candidate that represents your views, that speaks to your values, your vote is not wasted if you cast it for that individual. Exactly. Exactly. Peter, we thank you for coming on the podcast today and talking about your campaign. And we wish your campaign all the best. And also we wish you all the best in everything you do personally and professionally. Thank you so much, Andrew. My my sentiments to you as well and to your listeners, thank you for keeping an open mind and thank you for your interest in the American Solidarity Party and my candidacy in particular. Sure thing. All the best. Take care. So long.